This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grant Haven Campground. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. It's a Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast exclusive Sunday special with Steve Sapaniak of Predator Guide Service, and we are talking Malax muskies. Steve, good to have you back on the show. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks a lot, Kevin. I appreciate it. You know, yeah, it's exciting that the action is starting to move. I was a little surprised, Kevin, this last week. We had like three three small cold fronts come through right in a row. You know, rain, cold, you know, 50-degree weather and everything. Water temperature stayed stable, 72 to 75 which for this time of year, you know, is not bad. It's a little unstable, but it's been holding tight is what I'm trying to say while the air temperature has fluctuated. Uh, but uh, we've had some nice fish movement. I'm happy about that. I have started to hear more and more good uh, musky reports you know, kind of throughout the area. So uh, we've been waiting. <laughs> They're finally going. Yeah, we've been very patiently waiting. I had a father and son team, Scott and Yoji, his son, from Colorado, and uh, they got their two biggest pike they've ever, you know, they wanted. He got his biggest personal, his son got his, you know, best personal, and I did tell them already in advance when they hired me three months ago, you know, just get used to that little love tap, because I've mentioned it, Kevin, on the mm-hmm. show with you for the last couple of years. That little love tap can be a hit, you know, and set the hook on anything and everything. We had a, we had quite a few of those little love taps. I think it was like eight of them. Never got hooks into them, I, and I always say set the hook on anything and everything, even if you think it's a weed, you know, and we had a few of those too, but got lucky with a few pike and everything. They learned some uh, something about musky fishing, and uh, Scott, the dad, had a big one coming in. Just, it was a big one. I didn't see the tail part. I was hoping I could, but what from what I've seen of the body was a good 48, 49 inches, and then you maybe add another 5 inches for the back section to where the tail is, or 4 inches good sized fish so i was excited about that uh water t- water starting to look good it's clearing up on my laxate because we've had nothing but i hate to use the term hellacious winds but that's what it's been 20 30 mile an hour gusts and water is going from a tannic brown getting back to its nice clear state again so uh that way things are good i'm happy with so far the way things are going it's only getting better kevin well yeah it doesn't sound like you've seen that 60 incher yet that you saw Not last yet. year nope have not seen that one yet this year. They're here and everything. It's just a matter of not seeing it. Um, you know, it's going to be a matter of time before someone ties into another big one, possibly a new state record again. I think it's going to happen again from Alax Lake, if not from Alax, possibly from Vermilion or the Bemidji area. Every lake, big size lake in this state, has some potential for having a world record or a state record. It's just a matter of whoever's going to get lucky to catch it. That's right, uh, and and we're again up here. We're starting to hear more and more action. I know um, um, Cass Lake's doing really well this year. Plantagenet's been a good one. That's a fairly small lake, but does really well. Um, besides uh, Malax, and I know that's your baby, but um, what are some of the other lakes down that way where a person can find muskie? Great question. You know, we got a lot of good options around here. You got Sugar Lake over by Annandale. You got the Twin Cities, all the lakes over there and everything if you want to put up with the traffic. <laughs> You've got uh, the Horseshoe Chain of Lakes, just uh, 15 or 12 miles uh, on Highway 23 going uh, west out of St. Cloud. They planted a bunch of muskies 10 years ago. They're starting to show some decent size, and some of them are up in the upper 40-inch class, which is really nice. 
So that's a good area. Over by Detroit Lakes, you got a ton of lakes. Big Detroit itself, you got Pelican, you got lobster going towards Alexandria, you got a bunch of those good lakes. Over by Motley, you have some good lakes over there. You've got uh, Fish Trap, you've got uh, Shamana, you've got Alexander. Those are good lakes as well as for musky fishing. And I got on a few of them, you know, and it's always been a fun time. So you've got a lot of options. You've also got Cedar Lake, which is just north of Mille Lacs Lake, and that gives up some really nice fish as well, Kevin. Uh, I have fished Cedar. It's a deep lake that doesn't have a lot of structure, but it's just mostly quick drop-offs on the shoreline. And it's really, really hard to get me off of Mille Lacs. I had the guy that helped me right now, Connor, asked me years ago. He goes, Steve, if you didn't have the trophy lake for muskies right here, you know, what other lake would you fish? I said, you know, I can't leave Mille Lacs when it comes to trophies. What I've seen in there is world record potential, and they are there. Well, and it's not just that. It's what you mentioned, you know, early in the report is... If you're not going for muskie, you've got uh, some of the biggest northerns in the entire state of Minnesota as well. Oh, most definitely. I got my biggest uh, northern pike on Cove Bay many years ago, 46 and a half inches long. If if my client would have pushed me into measuring it, I wasn't going to measure it. I was in such a hurry to release it, Kevin. But over the years and everything, we've taken, uh, and I'm talking a lot of years, folks, I'm... (laughs) A lot of years, a lot of days of fishing, so we've been real lucky. I mean, we've had some 22 to 24 fish days as far as northern pike and big ones, too. But we've taken 1,400 pike over 20 pounds, Kevin, and 1,200 of them came off of Mille Lacs. Wow. Just to give you an idea how many northern pike are on that lake of, of quality size is phenomenal. And, and that just that just doesn't happen virtually any place else in Minnesota. No. No, it doesn't. You, you've got to have the right ingredients to get this pizza going, to get this pie, to get this buffet going. It takes the right ingredients and the right proportions. You need the right structure, which comes in comes in uh, the form of weeds, cabbage weeds, coontail, milfoil, everything like that, to hold the cover, to hold the bait fish. You need the rocks and everything for when the fall pattern starts to like to cruise the rocks. You need the large bodies of water that have Cisco's, tulipy, and whitefish. And all those prime key ingredients to make the pizza or to make the pie is on Mille Lacs Lake, just like you got up there with leech lake and cassock, the deep water and the great big fatty forage fish. It's all there. It's just prime for the making of it. And these fish grow quick. It's incredible. You hear this, the word blonde fish. Steve, have you seen blonde fish? Have you caught them? Well, what the fish are blonde is they're awful light colored. They don't have much color, Kevin, left because they spend all spring, summer, and early fall out in the deep where it's dark chasing ciscos and tulipies. So they lose their color. So when they do come up to the rock reefs in the fall and the weed beds, the whole area illuminates when they swim. And it's just a sight to behold. I tell you what, it's it's worth it. It's worth just even seeing them. And if you catch them, that's even a bonus. <laughs> All right. For those who are on Mille Lacs, have you, have you heard from the uh, walleye anglers? I know the catch and release season is back on and the bass anglers as well. What have you heard? Well, a good question. A lot of action, a lot of mm-hmm. fantastic action. Smallmouth bass has been going crazy everywhere you go. You know, transition zones, you hear me say it a lot, but it's that's where they're at, where rock turns to rubble, you know, where the rubble turns to sand, where the sand meets the uh, edge of the weed line. A lot of people don't realize that smallmouth bass love weeds. One of my biggest smallmouth bass was six and a half pounds, 22 and a half inches, a weed line fish. And we're catching them just about every time, Kevin, we go out the smallmouth in the weeds. Now, besides that, you've got largemouth bass. Find where the bulrushes are with cabbage weeds next to them. 
get out there with a jig and pig, and you will tie into some really nice small largemouth bass. Little spinner baits are a good key this time of year. Let them sink down in the weeds and slow grind them back. Some really big largemouth. We've taken them up in my boat up to seven and a half pounds. That's not bad. And the walleye action, Kevin, has been doing really good. I can't complain about that. Everybody I know, including some good friends of mine, have had really good luck out there. They're trolling crankbaits early in the morning and late in the evening around the rock reefs in deeper water. We're still having good luck with uh, leeches below a bobber. No more than four inches off the bottom, folks. Walleyes are bottom-orientated. Lindy rigging is still doing good, as well as bottom bouncing. And the key, again, with all these different types, like bottom bouncers and lindy rigging, your lindy rig's got to be at least 6 to 10 feet long right now this time of year. Same with your bottom bouncers. You know, you got the spinner blade on back with the three hooks for the crawler harness. Mine are 10 feet long. They're not short. They're 10 feet long. Touch bottom with that weight and lift up. Do not drag it because what you're doing is causing a dust cloud. You want to have a clean presentation. In fact, I am going out uh this coming friday to a different lake i'm not going to mention which one but i have a gentleman who hired me just to show him around the lake and teach him some of the tricks about fishing on this lake and you know what i'm excited to do it you know people want to cut the curve and cut the cost and the time by hiring a guide it's a good idea so all in all the lax is doing really good this be honest with you closing down the uh, limit for keeping walleyes or any kind of keeping a walleye right now i don't agree with it one bit I think all this is some kind of, I know for a fact, let's put it this way, Kevin. I told you a story. I got it a German from the Pentagon 18 years ago. He told me a whole new story about what's going on up north, and that's for another day. That's for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, well, let's, uh, you, you know, as you're, you're talking about um, the, the the big bite and the, the strong bite and everything that's going on, but with a fish like the muskie, I mean, if you haven't been immersed in it and you haven't grown up with it and it's something you want to try, I agree with you. You gotta hire a guide. It's so different than any other kind of fishing. And you, if you're used to throwing something after a panfish or a bass or a walleye, uh, no, no, you, you need some specialized training. You do. You do. It was so exciting having Scott and his young son, Yoji, from Colorado. Kevin, first off, this young man was probably one of the most politest guys I've ever seen. I looked at his dad. I said, if we could if we could just bottle this politeness and sell it, I said, it would be a better world and we'd be rich. But uh, <laughs> like I told him, when it happens, when you see a big one, you're going to probably freeze and stuff. You know, I said, it's exciting. It's, it's a rush. And that big one came in after his lure, and he's pointing, look at that one. And I'm hollering, figure eight, wind up your line. <laughs> and he hits the bail. It was a spinning off it and everything his lure went sinking to the bottom and later on we, we looked at each other and laughed he goes boy he said can see a lot of things what to do until you see one of that size he says it just doesn't make sense yeah yeah it, again it's a it's a different world and and it's well worth the time to to invest in first of all steve not everybody's going to like it so i mean you need to try it out with somebody who can show you what it's all about to determine is this something i want to do further in the future Definitely. Why spend the money on all the equipment without knowing if it's something, like you said, something you want to do? You know, cut the cost down, hire a musky guy for the full day or even a half a day and uh, see if you're going to like it or not. You know, like you said, you know, it's going to cut the, it's going to cut, uh, the expenses down. I know of too many people who have bought all the equipment and didn't care for it. Now they try to sell it. It's not that easy to get rid of the musky equipment. You know, we're not a dying breed, but we're maybe... 300,000 people that love to fish. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, smaller group, a uh, very passionate group, and they tend to take pretty good care of their equipment, so maybe not always in the market for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. You know, uh, 
the thrill of musky fishing is is incredible. When I seen my first forty pounder, I thought my legs were going to collapse. Collapse. I had big eyes. You know, a forty inch fish to me looked like a four footer when I first began. That's all the excitement of it. And to watch a fish of fifty to fifty five, sixty inches come roll up on a lure and inhale it, and you're setting the hook and the lure is going flying out of the flying out of the fish's mouth, Kevin, because it's quicker than you are. That's excitement. Uh, and we talked about this earlier, but I think that, um, you know, people who are really into hunting, musky fishing is kind of what they would be into. Oh, most definitely. I could tell everybody, if you're a deer hunter, you're going to be a better musky fisherman. There's so many analogies for both for both uh, the hunts. It's incredible. You're hunting deer. You're actually hunting muskies, too. You find out where they live. You set up a game of attack. When to approach, when's the best time, which direction to cast to that piece of structure it's sitting. Should I cast a different direction, catching it off guard? Same with deer. Should I sit in a tree stand when the wind is this way? Should I go over here and it goes in the field on the left? Maybe I should go on the right. You know, you lay up a plan of attack. Early in the morning, the deer are on the edge of the field. You get out of your car and spook them a little bit. They go inside the woods more. You walk into the beginning of the woods, they go crashing all the way into the center of the woods where it's the thickest. Same with muskies. Fishing pressure pushes them a little bit more in the weeds, and the more pressure you get, the further they go into the weeds. Violent Bay, a mile long, over a mile long weed bed, Kevin, close to half mile wide. And it's not, and everybody that I see musky fish, fishes the outside edge of their leaves. Thank you. You just drove all the fish into the middle of the bay or the weed bed three quarters of the way through, one fourth of the way into it. It doesn't matter. I have spent literally weeks on that bay alone on that weed bed dissecting and catching muskies in every place imaginable. Mm-hmm. It has over 350 separate weed beds in Vineland Bay, and every one of them has a muskie. He's Steve Sapaniak from Predator Guide Service. If you want all that expertise to help you out on a musky trip, uh, Steve, how can they get a hold of you? Great question, Kevin. Hey, check out our website, folks, predatorguideservice.com. Got my landline, 320-253-7535. Give me a call on my cell. Chances are you'll catch me on the lake. I'll be able to be happy to take a couple minutes and talk with you. That number is 320-333-2941. And, Kevin, again, it's always an honor to be on the show with you. I appreciate it, Steve. Have a great week, and we'll talk again. You bet, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. This has been the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji and Grand Haven Campground. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. And don't forget, you can listen to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country on KB101 FM and KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 weekdays, as well as Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Saturday mornings on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5, B93.3 in Brainerd-Baxter, and Kick FM in Alexandria. <laughs>